these days I'm going home where no sorrows ever come. We'll soon be done. We'll soon be done with troubles and trials. Safe from heartache, pain, and care, we shall all that glory share. There we're going to sit down beside my Jesus. Lord, I'm going to sit down and rest a little while. We'll soon be done. We'll soon be done with troubles and trials. In that hole. Yes, in
thank the Lord for the blood this morning. We're glad to see you. Thank you for coming out on this Sunday. Let's all grab our hymn book. Stand together this morning. Brother Ken, come lead us up. Let's make a joyful noise. Brother Ken, you take us to the throne this morning. Amen. Hymn number 194, page 194 this morning, since Jesus came into my heart. We'll do the first, second, last verse this morning. Hymn 194. for prayer this morning. I'm going to ask Josh to lead us to the throne. Uh, two quick prayer requests I want to give you. Pray for Michaela. Uh, her mom and dad's got her. Michaela Carroll got her at the ER right now. She's having some pretty significant breathing issues. Pray for her if you would. Pray for one of our shut-ins, Margaret Bocock. She's in intensive care at Martinsville Hospital. Uh, so lift her up in prayer. Also with some breathing problems. And then I want you to pray for services today. Amen. If we're here, we need the presence of the Lord. And otherwise, we might as well shut the door and head to the house. So you ask the Lord to be with us today. Joshua, take us to the throne of grace this morning if you would. Let's join Josh together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you this morning, Lord. We want to thank you for the privilege of prayer that we have this morning, Lord. We thank you for sitting on that throne so that we can call on you and we need you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for everything that you do for us, for the blessings that we don't deserve each and every day. Lord, I pray that you'll be with the services here this morning, God. I pray that you'll just let your presence be known, Lord. Just show up and show out so that we can know when we walk out these doors that you were here this morning. Lord, I pray that whatever we learn today, God, I pray that we'll take it into this community. And I pray, God, that others can see you shine through us, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for the storms that are coming in our lives, Lord. We thank you for shining through the rain, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that you will continue to lead and guide and direct each and every one of us that are here this morning. God, I pray that you'll be with Brother Greg as he brings us the message, Lord. Lord, I pray that you'll be with the choir as we sing, and I pray that it'll begin to prepare our hearts for preaching. God, once again, we just thank you for dying on that old rugged cross for us to save us from our sins, Lord. And I pray that you'll be with the services today in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. How many of you would amen? There are things in your past you wish you could forget. Amen. I'm here to tell you this morning that God has already forgotten if you're born again. You listen to the song. I love the words of it. Jesus buried my past.
I get closer and closer each day I go through. I feel His presence in everything I do. I know hands will keep me safe and warm no matter how rough I won't fear the storm He rescues me when my ship is tossed at sea
Thank you so much, choir. Well done. I got a whole host of announcements to go through with you, so I'm going to hit them pretty quickly, uh, but I want to hit each one of them. First of all, uh, on uh, this coming uh, uh, July the 13th, there will be a teen outing at the home of Josh and Jesse Lawson. It begins at 3 o'clock. Uh, information is in there. If you're willing to help with food, please see Jesse today, if you would. Then uh, next Sunday morning, a couple of things we'll have going on. Uh, first of all, we're going to take up a special offering uh, for our teen conference, uh, meals specifically. Breakfast is paid for. The kids take care of lunch, and then I always do an offering to help pay for dinner. Uh, and so we have dinner every evening, Monday through Thursday, together. And uh, we like to be able to not ask the kids to have to pay for that, because that can get pretty expensive. So and especially since they've already, many of them paid for their conference. So you help us out with that. We'll take up an offering next Sunday morning uh, 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 during the Sunday morning services. Then right after the services next Sunday, I'll meet with the teenagers and parents that are heading with us to conference right over here, answer any questions, go over some specific things. I know a lot of you have been through before, so you're kind of old hat at it, but we've got some new ones as well. Talk to you about several things. And then I want to remind you, teenagers, that we'll be leaving next Sunday, excuse me, next Monday morning, week from tomorrow at 8 a.m. Have everything ready. You don't need to be dressed for church. We'll have time to check into the hotel and get changed for uh, uh, Monday evening services, so we'll have a good time. Note also on there, this is new this year. There are so many churches in years past, uh, Brother C. CT has divided everybody into four teams. Uh, this year, there are so many churches. Uh, I think there's like 80 churches that are participating this year. Uh, so uh, uh, they're divided into eight teams. So we're part of the gray team. Uh, not the most vibrant of colors, but we're going to rock it. There's another about another 18 churches uh, that's part of our team. So just keep that in mind. Uh, uh, there'll be some fun games and activities that we participate in. So keep that in mind if you would. Saturday, July the 20th, a young adult activity at the Bassett Community Center. Information is in there. And if you can help out with that, please see uh, Miss Mary Margaret uh, for that information, if you would. Women's Mountain Retreat money. That money is due no later than Wednesday, so please bring that by Wednesday if you would. Uh, and then uh, uh, some other information is in there regarding our end of summer jubilee, those kinds of things. A fundraiser uh, will happen on July the 27th here at the church for our teenagers, a car wash, hot dogs, and a bake sale from 9 to 2. That'll be in next week's bulletin. Uh, and, of course, you've got the Operation Christmas Child information in there that we're doing for the month of July. We'll actually give you a little bit more information about that later today. Two quick things. I want to say a big thank you this morning to everybody uh, uh, for the birthday celebration last Sunday. I'm always so amazed and so grateful for how good the church is uh, to me and my family. I know I say it every year, but I like to say it. I get embarrassed by how good the church is, but I'm not so embarrassed that I want you to quit. Amen. And I appreciate immensely uh, your kindness to me and my family all the time. And I can ask you for one more favor after services today. I need every bottle, every able-bodied person uh, to help us downstairs. Of course, we had the uh, uh, baby shower this morning for Zach and Ashley. She's doing six weeks. Uh, so uh, uh, we've got lots to clean up downstairs and get everything set back up because the child care center opens in the morning. Uh, they were out last week, so we didn't worry about it yesterday, but we got to get it ready for in the morning. So please, 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 if you can help us with that. I would certainly appreciate it. All right, let me get the little ones to come down now. If you're heading to Children's Church and Junior Church, come on and make your way this morning. Kids that are heading to Children's Church and Junior Church, if you're visiting, they're going to collect loose change. We call this our penny march. Take off, young folks.
church, junior church, come on this morning. if y'all can see up here, but Callie's wondering why she's having to give the money up and who that mean man is that's taking it from her. Amen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much as always for your gifts to our young folks. We appreciate that. Appreciate it. <laughs> I couldn't help but think if my wife was collecting money, she wouldn't give it up either. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Zach, can I have a ride home today, buddy? Amen. Fellas, come on, make your way down if you would, please. <laughs> make your way down. Brother Ken's going to sing for us this morning. It's good to be in God's house today. Amen. We're going to pray and ask God's blessings upon the offering. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for the opportunity to come together and assemble once again. Lord, we praise you for how good you've been to us. Thank you for the opportunity to worship you with tithes and offerings and give back that which with you blessed us. Lord, you told us in your word that you love a cheerful giver. So, Lord, we pray that you'd bless this offering. Brother Kennedy sings now in Christ's name. Amen. Take off.
shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine, but God who called me here below will be Let's all stand together one more time for our fellowship song. Hymn number 23 this morning, page number 23. Aren't you thankful for the power in the blood this morning? First verse and chorus, we'll have a time of fellowship. Page number 23 this morning.
much this morning. I want to give you one more announcement, fellas. Make your way down for our mission Sunday, if you would, please. I want to give everybody one prayer request. A lot of you ladies know Miss Linda Hicks. If you've been to the Ladies' Jubilee up in Women's Mountain Retreat, rather, uh, in Tennessee, Miss Linda has spoken many times, and she often leads in the pledges for the services. Uh, Miss Linda, uh, this past week, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer uh, and found out this week that uh, there is no treatment, no radiation, no chemotherapy. They've called hospice in. She's watching this morning via live stream. We want to let her know we love her. Her, hus- <clears throat> her husband pastored some 50 years, precious man of God who went home to be with the Lord a couple years ago. And she shared a couple of years uh, uh, last year at Women's Mountain Retreat that she didn't know how she'd get along without him, but God made a way. And I'm glad that even in our darkest valleys, God made... <clears throat> God makes a way. So, Miss Linda, we love you this morning. Mission Sunday, first Sunday of every month, and you be obedient unto the Lord. Miss Betty's going to sing. Lord, bless this offering today. May it be what you'd have it to be. Thank you for the opportunity to support each one of our missionaries. We count it a privilege, Lord, to help our support them and keep them on the field. Bless their work. May souls be saved for their labor in Christ's name. Amen. chapter 16 in your Bibles this morning. Acts chapter number 16, if you would, please. We'll begin reading in verse number 16, and we'll read just a couple of verses this morning. Acts chapter 16. Remind you to be with us tonight. I have a special message this evening uh, to uh, 
church workers and to those who are part of our congregation, I invite you to be with us. I hope you'll be here tonight. We'll talk about some important initiatives we're looking at. Acts chapter number 16. We'll begin in verse number 16 and read down through verse number 18. Found your place? Say amen. Came to pass as we went to prayer. The we there we know of at least as Paul and Silas and Timothy. Could be others, but we know at least those. So we went to prayer. A certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us which brought our masters much gain by soothsaying, or we might say fortune-telling. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. But Paul being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And he came out that same hour. Let's go ahead and read verse number 19. When her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the market unto the rulers. Father, bless your word this morning. Thank you for already your presence that has been felt in all that we've heard. Lord, we could leave today and say, man, it's been good to be in your house. Lord, now we come to the hour that's so critical, not because I'm doing it, Lord, because of what you ordained as the foolishness of preaching. Use the outline that I believe you laid upon our hearts today Lord, may you say what needs to be said. May I not say anything you don't want said. Forgive me for anything that might stand in the way of you speaking to the folks today. Sweet name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. A plane was very quickly filling up with passengers when a mother brought on a four-year-old. And as soon as the four-year-old got on the plane with the mother, the four-year-old began to throw a temper tantrum. Screaming and fussing and everything that the mother tried, she could not get him settled down, got him into the seat. He kicked the seat, hollered, screamed, fussed, and the mother was getting more and more embarrassed when all of a sudden an Air Force general walks in dressed in full military garb, makes his way to the back of the plane where he's seated, and he noticed as he walks by this screaming, uncontrollable child. Recognizing that the mother is not able to calm him down, he waited for the other passengers to get seated. He unbuckled himself and went up to where the child was. He bent down, placed his hand upon the shoulders of the child and whispered gently into the child's ear, and instantly the boy calmed down. The Air Force General smiled at the mother, walked back to his seat, as suddenly the applause of the entire plane filled the air. They began to clap and shout and thank him. As he made his way back to his seat, one of the stewardesses came up to him and said, Sir, we see crying babies all the time, but this is the first time we've ever seen someone other than a parent calm the child. What were the magic words that you said? The general smiled and said, I looked at the child and see, do you see these stripes? Do you see this uniform? Do you see these pilot's wings and do you see these medallions? Airline stewardess said, well, that worked? He said, let me finish. I lovingly placed my hand on the child and said, uh, this uniform, these stripes, these wings, uh, give me permission to throw one person off the plane. I know where you're sitting. <laughs> and instantly the child settled down. I won't recommend that, church. Amen. Amen. When Luke chapter number 16, excuse me, Acts chapter number 16, written by Dr. Luke, opens up, Paul is on the second of his two missionary journeys. A lot of you know this, that Paul had desired to redo or rego or revisit the churches from his first missionary journey. It had been his desire to retrace his steps and Check out the vibrancy and see how well the churches from his first missionary journey were doing. But he has and answers what we refer to as the Macedonian call. And Paul and Silas, instead of retracing those steps, 
transition themselves over into what we know of today as modern-day Europe. Upon first encounter, you can read about it in those verses. They meet Lydia, and she becomes the first, as far as we know, Gentile convert in a new continent. And there, Paul begins to establish thriving churches in cities like Philippi, Thessalonica, and Ephesus. In fact, uh, two-thirds of the 13 gospel letters that you have in your Bible are because of Paul's second missionary journey. Never ceases to amaze me the millions, perhaps even billions of lives that have been transformed simply because Paul said yes to the commandments of God. As he makes his way into Philippi, he comes upon a scene that is by all accounts absolutely horrific. A scene that by any stretch of the imagination grips him to his very core. I want to outline what he sees this morning, and I want you to hear what I'm about to say. Because the scene that Paul and Silas and Luke and Timothy witness uh, is still very much alive and well today. I'm convinced more than ever that Satan is out for the next generation. More than ever, Satan is trying to derob, steal, and destroy another generation. And the way he does it is through the lives of young people. You see, Satan never has an original thought, folks. He's always doing what he's always done. But aren't you glad there's still a remnant that will stand in the gap and say, not my family, not my child, not my grandchild. I want to give you a message this morning that I'm entitling, This Damsel is Distressed No More. This Damsel is Distressed No More. The verses, as outlined for us, show that there are three main groups of characters. Just a handful of verses. A story that resonates today because of the power of the healing, but also because of the depths of despair that this story demonstrates. Let's look at each of them. Number one, I want you to note with me the maid in this story. The maid in this story. If you'll go back and read with me in chapter number 16, verse number 16, Scripture defines her as a certain damsel. A damsel. Scripture indicates that by that word damsel, she was a young lady. This is not an elderly woman. This is not a middle-aged woman. This is a young girl. Most scholars believe that she's probably a preteen because teenagers were considered to be women in this society. So in all likelihood, this girl is 9, 10, 11, 12 years old at the oldest. And I think the most horrifying thing that Scripture says about her uh, is that she was possessed with a spirit of divination. So in describing this maiden in this story, this damsel, I want to submit to you that number one, this girl, I hope you'll amen me when I say this, is possessed by a monster. Scripture says that she is possessed with a spirit of divination. We'll read it exactly as it says there. A certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us. I don't want to be unkind, but I will be blunt this morning. That simply means that she's demon-possessed. I know that doesn't get amens. I know we don't like that in our 21st century sensibilities, but that's what the Bible says. She's demon-possessed. I know that's fallen out of vogue today, but I want to give you a little bit of Gregology. I happen to believe demonic possession is as real today as it ever has been. We like to dress it up, and we like to call it all kinds of different things, but the reality is demonic possession is as real today as it ever was, and a spirit of divination, a demonic possession is inhabiting this young girl, and she's lost all control of herself. Again, we give it all kinds of fancy words today. Psychologically appropriate labels today, but you hear what I'm about to say. You tell me what else can cause people to do the things they do other than demonic activity. What else? I, I, I don't want to give you examples because somebody will think I'm pointing fingers, uh, but you scroll the pages of your local news screen, uh, you read your local newspaper, uh, you scroll Twitter or social media, and you will find human beings doing things that animals don't do. 
You explain to me how that can be except for a spirit uh, of demonic possession. Demonic activity is real. Uh, demonic possession is real. Uh, and we need to be real careful uh, when we think that we've come too far away that we can't be influenced by that mess. Amen. She's possessed by a monster. And let me pause a moment and say, I don't believe uh, that a saved, born-again person can come under demonic possession. We can come under demonic persuasion, but aren't you glad this morning that when the Holy Spirit resides in, he's put a not-for-sale sign out there, uh, amen, and no other activity, no other inhabitation can happen. uh, For where he abides, uh, he does not allow the enemy to abide, amen, therein. And if it wasn't bad enough, she was possessed by a monster. She was also possessed by some merchants, Boy, that, 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 that galls me to the core. If you read the rest of that verse, Scripture says, uh, because she was possessed with a spirit of divination, uh, met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. A young girl, for the sake of argument, will say she was 10 years old. 10-year-old little girl. Let's give her a name. Let's give her a face. Put her image in your mind. And because of the demonic activity that's inhabiting her sweet little spirit, uh, now there are some men who are trying to make money off of that. Sickens me to the core. But you hear what I'm about to say. It happens the same way today. You understand today that we're seeing this kind of activity more than we've ever seen before in the world. We're seeing this kind of activity uh, more than we've ever seen before in America. Where people, uh, and I don't want to be unkind, but I will be blunt, horrible to the core, uh, lost as they can be, uh, look at the pitiful nature of someone else uh, and attempt to make money off of it. Scripture defines this girl as bringing her masters much gain by soothsaying. Every time I read this, there's a question that I just cannot seem to get past. And it's simply this. Where's this little girl's mom and daddy? Now, don't misunderstand me. She could be an orphan. We don't know where her lineage is. We don't know anything about her ancestry. uh, But I'm always thinking to myself, where is this girl's mama and daddy? Why have they, if they're still alive, uh, turned her loose? Uh, Why have they said uh, we're not going to have anything else to do with her uh, at the tender age of nine years of age? Uh, Why have they done this? Uh, I submit to you this morning. uh, I I, got to just tell you something. Some of y'all are going to get real mad, but you're going to keep on loving me. My birthday was last week. Amen. I was at the gas station a few days ago. Coming home from work. Packs about three weeks ago. I was coming home from work and I pulled into Sheets. Uh, two reasons. Uh, number one, Sheets gas is cheap and Sheets coffee's good. Amen. Not necessarily in that order. Amen. And so I'm getting ready. I put my, 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 the, the gas thing in the tank and I'm getting ready to walk into Sheets to get me a cup of coffee and I hear pulling up. I mean, the place was, this is 8 o'clock in the morning. The place is rattling. And I thought to myself, good night, there's a tank engine that just pulled in here. And I turned around. There was a young man. God is my witness. He could not have been more than 16 at most because he's driving. And then there was a young girl that got out. And, And again, I'm not, she looked to me about 12 or 13 And I got to tell you, folks, neither one of them left anything to the imagination according to their dress. I'm not being critical, but I'm being real. And the first thing I thought to myself is, where's mom and daddy? Where's a daddy that'll look at a girl and say, you're not dressing like that? Where's a daddy that says to a young boy, it's not how you treat a girl. It's not how you treat a young lady. It's not how you treat a woman. Mamas and daddies, they are not ours. They are loaned to us from God. And we're God required, God demanded to raise them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It's not optional, folks. It's a requirement. Because if we don't raise them, somebody else will. And oftentimes the way they get raised won't be in alignment with the Word of God. It was possessed by a monster. 
She's possessed by some merchants. And then she was possessed by men. Scripture already says that it bought her masters much gain by soothsaying. But I want you to understand that the men in this story, by all accounts, are doing the unthinkable. There's lots that we can imply here and we can infer, and I've read lots of commentators say different things. I'm only going to tell you what Scripture says. Bringing her master's much gain by soothsaying, fortune-telling, if you will, future-telling, somehow uh, telling the future, and you understand how this would work. Uh, Someone would come up in the city of Philippi and want their fortunes told, want their futures read, uh, and they would pay this man, these men, uh, to get this girl to read their futures. Uh, She is by all accounts in some form of slavery, if you will, uh, because she's not making the money. Uh, They've got her held in captivity uh, so that they can make a profit off of what is pitifully happening to her. We describe this today and we think this could never happen, but I submit to you it happens all the time. And I also want you to hear what I'm about to say. This young damsel is a beautiful picture of every single one of us before we came to know the Lord. May I say to you this morning uh, that Scripture makes very clear in Ephesians chapter 2 that before you came to know the Lord, you were dead in trespasses and sins, uh, that you had uh, the influence of the enemy dwelling within you. uh, But thank God for the day when Jesus passed by. Uh, Thank God for the day uh, when Satan tried to grip a hold to you uh, and the enemy said, no, he's mine, she's mine, the grave no longer has a hold on her. The maid in this story. Secondly, I want you to note with me, not only the maid in this story, but the men of this story. I'm not talking about the men that had a hold of her. I'm talking about the men that passed by. Talking about the men that passed by. Who were the men? Well, we know at least four. Could have been more. We know that Luke's the author who refers to himself as a plural pronoun referencing us. We know he's included. He talks about Paul. We know that, 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 that Silas is there. We know in chapter 16 that they've picked up Timothy. So we know that there are at least four, probably more, but at least four. Paul and the others make their way from city to city, uh, preaching the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and they've made their way to the metropolitan area, Philippi, downtown city, uh, and this is what they see. What do we know about these men? Well, if we keep reading, we'll pull out some isolated verses. Uh, We know a few things. First of all, these were some men who weren't afraid to preach. These were some men who weren't afraid to preach. In fact, if you were to read uh, what Scripture says, uh, verse 17 says, The same followed Paul and us, crying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. I don't know about you, but you know what that says to me? That everybody they're meeting, they're talking to them about heaven. They're not there to socialize. They're not there to check out the city sites. They are there to tell people about Jesus. These were some preaching men. You understand, folks, we've allowed an awful lot to take the place of preaching today. And don't misunderstand me. I like testimony songs, or I like it all. But I also recognize that God chose the foolishness of preaching as the instrument of salvation. I mean, I love, there's nobody on the planet who loves gospel singing more than I do, uh, but I also recognize uh, that God uses the instrument of his word uh, preached from the pulpits of the world as the agency of salvation. It's the reason he calls it the foolishness of preaching. Why foolishness? Because sometimes it looks foolish to stand up here and spit and sweat and stomp and try to get people to come to know the Lord, but it is through that agency that the Holy Ghost works. Let me ask you a question this morning so that you'll know what I'm talking about. How many of you, be honest, how many of you are, 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 you would say that you are like me, you got saved in a church service? Raise your hand. Hold them up high. <laughs> but you look around, folks, that's probably 75, 80%. Now, there's another probably 20% of you, if you got saved not in a church service, raise your hand. Yeah, probably about 20, 30%. Aren't you glad you can get saved anywhere? God is all places anywhere. He can send the Holy Spirit to convict any time, any place, anywhere. But you also have to understand that there is something special about a church service, about an altar, about the singing from the saints, the word of God being delivered. These were some preaching men. 
preaching men. I also like this. These were some praying men. These were some men that weren't afraid to pray. How do you know? Well, a lot of you know what happens next. And for the sake of time, we won't read all the verses, but we will read down in verse number 25 if you'll look with me. As a result of them getting rid of the spirit of divination of this young girl, as a result of the healing that happens, the Philippian merchants are very angry. And as a result, they report Paul and Silas and the others. And they end up in what we refer to as the Philippi jail, the jail of Philippi, the Philippian jail. Look at verse 25, if you would. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. If you read the verses preceding that, you will find out that they just did not put them in the sail. They put them almost under the sail. But you can go back and read the verses, but they make it very clear that they thrust them into the inner prison and put them in stocks for doing the awful thing of leading a young girl to Jesus Christ. Toss them in jail, into the inner cell, put them in stocks, hands above their head. No, I don't want to be gross, but there's no bathroom facilities. They're, they're having to do their business on themselves. It's a horrible, horrible scene that they're in. Why? For preaching the Word of God. Most of us, probably myself included, finding ourselves in that situation would have a big old pity party. Woe is me. Why did I do this? What did I do? What's wrong with me? But at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. These were some men who understood the power of prayer. They understood the power of preaching. You know what I've begun to realize, folks? In my 18 plus years now of pastoring, 20 some years of preaching, Satan does not give one iota about your church membership. Don't misunderstand me. He don't want you to be in church, uh, but there are plenty of folks, I, I have to be honest, who are probably sitting on a church roll not born again. Say, don't care about your church membership. Say, don't care about your friendship and fellowship with other believers. Uh, Satan don't even care about your baptism certificate. Uh, the one thing, hey man, the one thing Satan can't handle is the blood. Aren't you glad this morning there's still a fountain <laughs> Filled with blood, drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunge beneath that flood. They still lose their guilty stains. Can't handle the blood. I've got no idea what songs they sang or what prayers they prayed. But I do know this, whatever it was, Satan couldn't handle it. These were preaching men. 